Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, it's Howard Brown. It's the Shining Brightly podcast show. Oh, I have another good show for you. The, the spotlight will be shining on a very special person. I'd like to welcome Jenny Jones. How are you, Jenny? Welcome to the show. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. It's great to see you. Oh, I got I just we have so many good things to talk about <laughs> and to uh, to do some advocacy tonight. And um, we're going to talk about your uh, your book and all that as well. Let me let me uh, read a little bit about you and uh, and share with my audience uh, who you are. Jenny is a rare disease uh, advocate. Now I'm going to mess this up. You're going to help me right now. But <laughs> familial uh, adenomatous poly polypopsis. Now you say it the right way. Famil adenomatous polyposis or FAP. Is... Okay, and short bowel syndrome. Thank you for the assist. Okay. Um, her surgeries reported uh, related to FAP. So that's the abbreviation. Um, started at age nine as just a young young little girl. And after experiencing life-threatening complications, um, you've developed uh, medical uh, PTSD. I have it too. It's chemo brain or brain fog. Um, you've lived with an ileostomy and um, for six years and you had it reversed and you survived eight surgeries to date. Wow. Um, through life's a polyp, you focus on raising awareness and patient empowerment. And you started the Nord FAP and the Nord is the National Organization for Rare Disorders uh, Research Fund in 2015. And you donate profits from your book, Life's Apollop oh, Shop and uh, uh, the children's book. And it's Life's Apollop with Zeke and Katie. So um, this is incredible. You are, uh, you've been through a lot and we're going to get into that. Um, before we do that, uh, what's something, you know, new or different that people may not know about you you'd like to share? You know, I, I write a lot for Life's Apollop, but I also really love uh, writing poetry and I used to love to go to like the poetry nights, the mic nights. I haven't done that in a while, but I, I like to do that. So poetry is your happy place. Yeah. So I, I tell people, mine's the basketball court. I tell people, find your happy place, that stress-free zone and go there. It can be cooking. It can be art. It can be yoga. It can be hiking. It can be something athletic. It can be travel. Uh, there's lots of things to find, but, but find your happy place. So I'm so glad that yours is poetry. Um, that's amazing. All right, let's let's dig in a little bit. And what we're going to do is, you know, take me through first, okay, a little bit about, um, you know, the the NordFap, you know, the research fund, and why you created it. You know, it's kind of funny. I I don't even remember exactly what led me specifically. There was a turning point. I remember it was in 2015. That's when I started the FAP research fund with Nord, and I think I just. I had started my my uh, Life's Apollo blog in 2012, and by 2015, I think I was just like, I need to do more. There's something I need to do more, and I started researching uh, where I could do start a research fund with, and I chose Nord, and I did a big t-shirt fundraiser to start to launch it as a as an exciting thing, and I know it's become one of my life 
passions, my life goals to fully fund this research fund so it can be used at least one time for a research grant. I, I think it's amazing and it's it's really a great cause that I was unaware of. And also um, in doing some you know research with you a little bit, we discovered that um, rare de disease and disorders affects 300 million people globally. That's an mm -hmm. astonishing number. It's an absolutely astonishing number. It is. And then uh, FAP in the US is one in eight people. That's incredible. I yeah, it's or well, not when um when in one in eight thousand, one in eight thousand. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. one in eight thousand people. That's incredible. It's still a very small number, uh, you know, it's yeah. to, of people to, compared to that can get it. So eight, one in eight thousand can actually get, uh, you know, the uh, you know polypopsis. If I'm pronouncing, are you still going to help me? All right. So, but now the thing is, is that you kind of went undiagnosed, and and it was a real long journey. But but at age nine. Yeah, it was my first surgery. I mean, how old are you? Age nine? Are, are age nine? Are you in like fourth grade? Yeah, I think I would. Well, I was going into. I think I, I had my surgery at the end of fourth grade. Yeah. So okay, so but but getting diagnosed, going through the process of mm -hmm. learning what you had. How long a period of time was that? Well, it was longest because I had. We were on HMO insurance plan, so we had to have a, a referral from the primary care doctor, and she didn't believe there was anything wrong with me. She just thought I was whiny, so she refused to refer me to a GI specialist for evaluation because I was having a chronic abdominal pain, and so my parents had to change insurance plans, and they got me to this pediatric GI doctor who was amazing. When she heard about my symptoms of, with pain and she heard about my family history of FAP, she immediately was like, oh, no, no, we have to get you tested. We're doing an EGD. We're doing colonoscopy. We're going to do genetic testing. So if I had been able to get to her earlier, it would have not been, been a, a hassle trying to get diagnosed or, or at least evaluated, figure out what was going on. Um, but yeah, I had roadblocks with that primary care doctor. You did. But all right. So you're a fourth grader. You're diagnosed, okay, and so what's what's it like being a child in, in the medical? Now, I, I was 23 when I got diagnosed with cancer the first time for stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'm, I'm still more of an adult, right? You know, I'm 23, mm -hmm. uh, even though I was a kid, but you're, you're, you're nine years old. So what was it like? It was, it was awful. Cause I had, I mean, I had gone to regular doctor's appointments and things, so I wasn't completely new to medical care, but, um, I had complications. So I quickly got traumatized. Um, I don't feel like I got good care at the hospital that I was at. Um, I was dismissed by other doctors. Like when I was having, uh, my intestine had wrapped around itself and they dismissed me again, told me I was whiny. So I, I was, um, there was a lot that happened during that year and those, those five surgeries that year that were just extremely traumatic. So I didn't trust providers anymore. And I actually blamed my GI doctor for everything as well as other people in my life. So I didn't like any, anybody. I didn't, I didn't like any providers. I didn't, I, um, so I was, I was really, uh, you had, they had to restrain me for IVs for my colonoscopies and my EGDs afterwards. It was very difficult. I, um, I had a, a little depression, a lot of anger and 
I, I didn't do well with it at all. And even into high school, when I started going to counseling, it got better, but it took years before I could even step foot into the hospital that I go to now that I started in high school with before I would have pan uh, stop having panic attacks from going inside certain areas of the hospital. Oh, I, I can understand that. Um, was uh, were your mom or your parents, who was your caregiver? My parents were, and actually because my dad worked and my mom has, she has the same neuro diseases that I have and health issues. So my parents helped, um, they helped, they raised me, but then I, they also had help from my grandfather and uh, three of my aunts. And so they basically helped raise me too. So you, you did have support, um, yes. family support, which is really important. Um, but still you didn't, not knowing, and then all of a sudden, you know, going through this is, is. It's a lot for a little kid. I can tell you that. Now, as you've grown older, okay, um, you told me that high school years were normalized as much as possible, or not? Not exactly. Uh, half and half. Um, about half of them were, and then when I had my ileostomy reversed in high school, I had complications, and so the rest. That was when I was fifteen, and uh, so I had life-threatening life-threatening complications again. It was very. We kept it as normal as possible, but I was, um, I had to be um, schooled at home for part of it because I couldn't, I was too sick. I was in the hospital all the time. So I didn't always get to go to school the way, you know, like I sh should have been able to go to, but they did a lot of accommodations for me too. So I got um, a lot of support from school and that's when I started, I started going to counseling in high school. So mentally I started to try to process some of what it was going on and learn healthier coping skills and still working on all of that, but I'm much better now at handling medical things than I used to be. Yeah, it's been a long I, process. It sounds like you've got the process. You're, you're, you're working at it, which is great. Um, and as you've now proceeded, you're doing something about it. You've turned kind of yeah. your, uh, your, your lessons learned into advocacy, into education and awareness. So that's, that's really kind of amazing. Amazing that you've been able to do that. So that's really kind of the next step. So share with me um, more about your advocacy efforts, uh, your speaking and educating people, because uh, I, you know, there's, there's quite a few rare diseases. I had not until me meeting you known you about this. Um, mm -hmm. sh shout out to Colon Town, because we are connected via Colon Town, yes. uh, which yeah. I'm, I'm really happy about getting the support mm -hmm. there as a patient and my wife as a caregiver, and I know you are too. And yeah. so uh, it's good to find people that you can un be understood by and, and that know um, you know, are dealing with this stuff and it's, it's hard, but so you, so how, how did you kind of go from, you know, this, you know, little girl that, that, that had life-threatening, uh, you know, that had some trauma, you're trying to process it, you had some counseling and, and now you're kind of like, you know, carrying the flag advocacy. Tell me about yeah. that journey. It has been insane because it's, um, I was extremely shy. I did not, I didn't want anybody to know anything about me. I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to even want to know that I was in the hospital or I had a health issue or anything like that. Um, after my first surgery, I, I went actually from like a really bubbly little kid that was like very trusting or just open to people to just extremely excruciating shy. And I carried that into me, you know, or kind of along with me. And even uh, like in college and things, I didn't want people to know about my health. And then I started Life's a Polyp. And over time, now I'm, I'm on the rooftops shouting anything about that can raise awareness. Um, I, I share 
embarrassing things about what happens with your body when you don't have all your organs. And I don't even, I mean, I don't care anymore. It's, it's fine. You know, it's, it's sure it sucks, but I don't care. If people know that um, because it's raising awareness. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And that's been, it's just such a huge change that I've gone through from, and even when I started my blog, it was anonymous. I didn't want people to know um, who I was. And it was kind of funny because uh, this lady from Michael's mission, she decided that she was going to try to figure out who I was so she could contact me. Cause I didn't have any way you could contact me or anything. And she did a lot of research and she found me <laughs> and she actually helped give me that, that nudge and that support to start increasing my confidence and my, in myself, my self love to even put a, a, a face to a name and raise more awareness that way. I, I appreciate that because people can choose. I, I respect people that want to keep their journey quiet. It's totally up yeah. to them. Um, I like you, um, uh, you know, uh, carry the flag advocate for screening for, um, for patients' rights, patients' expertise being included, you know, in clinical trials. And um, so I, I agree. Um, once you come out as that advocate, you are known, you build a brand and people do know you and they look to you for expertise and information and, um, they, they, they jump on board. And so uh, that has to be a conscious decision. So from a shy little girl that, you know, was carrying a lot of pain and a lot of secrets, you're, you're now, you know, leading a movement. And I, I want to tell you, I'm very proud of you. And um, it's, it's an important movement because um, people need to get trained, screened and they need to get mm -hmm. checked out and people, they need to be believed. Um, yes. And it's hard. Um, there's a lot of distrust in the medical system. You developed some, um, and there's people like me who had just, I, most of, for the most part of my two cancers, I've had very good care. Um, and so I, I've been fortunate that way. I know it's not always the case, uh, with many, many people and things like that. And so, um, so tell me now, take me through. So from, um, you know, where, where are things now, where's the advocacy, uh, how has it evolved and how has it changed over time? So it started with just the blog, but then I started doing, uh, I got on Facebook, I slowly started doing social media. So I'm on all the different social media things. Uh, we talked about the research fund. Well, and then I'm doing podcasts now and I'm, uh, I've gotten to, I had an article published in uh, the elephants and tea magazine, their cancer issue uh, this year. That was very exciting. And um, I, I even applied to be a speaker at the Nord living rare uh, forum next year. So fingers crossed. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm just, I look for any um, avenues, opportunities, and I'm open to pretty much anything anymore now. I I wrote the uh, my children's book. I am looking to, I've got two more I want to do for, I want to make it into a series with my publisher. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, anything that pops up, I'm like, oh, let's try that. Um, so I'm always open to ideas. <laughs> Well, I, I want to share your story, you know, to my audience, and and uh, it, it's it's important for people to know that as well. So, um, what's the some of the biggest lessons you've learned so far as you know, really going forward and advocating for 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 rare disorders and diseases, and uh, what is um, you know, what are being some aha moments? Well, with my advocacy, I learned about just how life changing community can be. Because that's the thing with rare diseases, we often feel so isolated. So, and that's how I felt growing up. And it was, um, I mean, you can say it was suffocating. It was, 
I hurt so long because I didn't have anyone outside of my family. And I was angry with my family because I blamed them for my rare disease. So it was kind of, I had support, but I didn't use it. And over time, I, I have um, processed all that and I don't blame anybody for it anymore. But uh, I found online community through my advocacy and it's it's been life-changing, life-saving even. Like it's just, it makes a huge difference. And then of course, your own personal advocacy with your medical care like that's especially with rare disease because there's so many doctors so many people providers that don't know anything about it and they're just kind of winging it the best they can sometimes they, so they, they to, do they yeah. do i i will tell you that i take great pride um i i have a download from my website called mentorship is leadership mm -hmm. and um i i now that I'm looked at as an as an advocate, patient expert, and leader, um, I actually mentor cancer patients that are five steps behind that um, have questions, right? And yeah. so uh, I find that to be uh, just really important give back because they want to get to where I am, which is no evidence of disease. That's where everybody wants to get to, right? You want to live, yes. you know, you want to live. And, um, you know, it, getting that cancer diagnosis, my... Uh, friend Lee Silverstein says that we have cancer. It's not, you know, you have it alone. And isolation is a big deal. And in my book, I refer to that as darkness. That's the darkness that you can walk in. And if you stay there too long in darkness, bad things can happen. Depression can happen. Anxiety can happen. Uh, potentially even worse drug addiction or, um, or getting physically abusive or uh, anger management, all sorts of stuff can happen. So you got to stay there a little bit and learn from it but then you have to use your light. And the best way that I know to use your light is to go lift someone else up because it takes the spotlight off yourself and you lift someone else up and the endorphins are charging and they are grateful. And then you can come back to focus on yourself, but you've done that. So I find that to be a very good tool to go uh, when you're in that darkness to go try to help somebody else. And then by doing so, you actually are helping yourself as well. So it's, it's, it's super, super important there. So I'm sure there's people coming to you all the time that are, are looking for community, are looking for that one-on-one -on -one yes. mentorship. And it's important to carry that forward. It is. And it's, it's, it's like an obsession, a compulsion, even now, like it's, you know, like my partner, he'd be like, why don't you stop? Like, you don't have to answer. And I'm like, no, like, if there's something I can help somebody with, like, I have to, like, it's, <laughs> I just can't ignore it. You know, it's. And, it's and again, important. we have resources that we know of that we can connect people up mm -hmm. with. It always doesn't fall just on ourselves as well. All no. right. You tell me about the book. I want to hear about your children's book. Um, and um, I, I want to hear about your shop. I, I want to hear about how this, how, how you decided to do that because, uh, you know, that's a very cool skill. Now that I'm published, I, I understand mm -hmm. the work it takes to get there, but a children's book is special. And so tell, tell me all about that. Well, so it started with um, a few years ago, a lady reached out to me and she asked for a tattoo idea for um, FAP and she wanted it to be cryptic. So I came up with some different ideas and she got one of them as a tattoo. And the one she chose was, I said, shh, sleepy mutant. Um, and so it, cause we have a genetic mutation. And so uh, a few years ago I got, I had, we, I, I got connected with, we go health, which is now health union. And I had submitted my medical story to be in a, a book 
about chronic illness. Um, and it was accepted. And part of that was that I was able to get um, connected with the publisher and I could present my own book idea. And so it sparked this idea of mutants and children's book. And it became kind of like a family affair between uh, my partner, I and his son. And uh, so we made this book and he actually, um, the, the, Two main characters are inspired from his drawings that he did for me, um, the main characters. And so I just kind of, we walked through, like, these are the different, through different characters and their experiences with FAP and what um, they experience, what you might experience, what it is, what to expect and things to help cope with that. And it's just, it, it's one of those things with the idea that, yes, this can help children, understand FAP, whether it's they have it themselves or it's a family member that has it, has it. Um, and just something to try to help children process and understand it a bit better. Hold up your book cover oh, for those that'll sorry. be viewing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Froze just for a second. There you go. Hold it up. There you go. Yeah. Great. Trying to get the angle right. That's awesome. But, so and, this, uh, and, and who did the, yeah. who did the, yeah, it's good. This is Zeke. This is Zeke, and this is Katie, and my um my stepson. He uh, drew the characters to inspire these ones for me. And those are genetic mutations. I love it. Yeah, they're they're the mutants. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, what really cool. Oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to the series. That's really great. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. I'll definitely we'll share we'll share that. People can buy your book and and all that as well. Um, that's that's really good. And um. Uh, have you spoken, you know, at health cares or to parents or kids about it? Have you gone into the classroom or how are you getting the word out? No, it's, well, it's mainly kind of just through um, through my own advocacy efforts or the communities, the online communities. Um, I have gone to some different uh, little, those little free libraries that, yeah. that people put up in like, uh, you know, stores or in the neighborhoods. I've put some there, donated to there to kind of help, especially because they don't always have children's uh, books on those. So that's the one thing. And then I do donate a portion of the book sales to uh, the Nord FAP Research Fund. And I donate all of the shop um, uh, proceeds to the what's, fund. What's, I it, what's, have, it, what's in the shop? So I have, uh, I, have all, I have many different designs. And it, it ranges from rare disease, FAP, chronic illness. And I have all these different types of products, um, clothing, drinkware, coats, bags. I got a pet sweater or something, a pet shirt in there. And uh, that went all, all the things. That's what I started with. When I started the fund, the research fund, I did my first t-shirt um, fundraiser. And then I thought, okay, we got to keep this going. So I created the shop and I put that design in there, which is my, um, the front says it's hard to be rare, but someone's got to do it. And then it has FAP information on the back. Uh, so I have different, all kinds of different designs, and my partner helps me with that because he's a graphic designer. So he's he helps uh, create new designs for me. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I, I will tell you that um, because I, I you know I know about disorders like Lynch syndrome, and um, mm -hmm. when I grew up, Tay Sachs was a genetic thing that you got tested yeah. for and things like that. And it's really all about the education. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really is. And I am a huge proponent of cancer screening. Um, and getting your, you know, genetics done as well. Uh, I mean, in COVID, we didn't have, you know, we missed that some of those opportunities for women yeah. to get their mammogram, go to their lady doctor, for guys to go to the get their prostate checked. 
to do a colonoscopy or a, a fit test or a cologuard test. Um, it's it's just so important um, to be able to get screened because I can tell you this, that I got screened at age 50. Now the screening age is 45. Uh, I still think it's a little too high. Uh, you know, they, they, they say young onset colorectal cancer is now 50 and under. Well, 50 is too, too, uh, it's, it's too old enough already. If it was, if I would have got screened at age 40, Jenny, I, I, I would have had either an early stage one diagnosis or no colon cancer, just would have snipped a polyp and went on with my life. But yeah. instead at age 50, uh, eight and a half centimeters, it took 10 years to grow to eight and a half centimeter oh. tumor in my intestine, uh, you know, the cecum. And then it started the whole bowl of wax because lymph nodes were positive, surgeries, hemicolectomies, chemotherapies, uh, side effects, more surgery, clinical trials, uh, all the way leading to my craziness where I had the hot chemo bath, the side reduction of high-pec surgery. So screening is so important. I mean, the stuff that you and I have been through, we don't wish that on anybody. I don't no. wish anybody to go through that hell. It's terrible. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, like, even w with mine, too, like, it's not with FAP. Typically, it's like when you're a teenager is when you start to have the polyp issues. Mine started, I was diagnosed at eight, and I had my colon out by nine because my polyps were starting to turn cancerous. And the primary didn't want to do anything about it to find out anything. It's, it's and, incredible. And you know, like the 45 is still t is too old. I, I absolutely so. I agree with you. And I know um, uh, the NCCN guidelines for FAP surveillance is to do a colonoscopy starting at 10 unless you're symptomatic. And I'm like, that's too old. That's too old. It could be too old. Yeah. It Because I didn't actually have symptoms of right. my, my polyps. My pain was because I was such a stressed out child that I was developing ulcers. But if I hadn't been, I mean, who knows when they would have found out? Yeah, no, no. I yeah. think early detection is is really important mm -hmm. and, and getting diagnosed correctly. It, it's really, really important. Wow. Yes. So um, will you pronounce this? For, FAP is, stands for? Famil adenomatous polyposis. Okay. We're going to put links all over the website. I mean, all over the uh, the show notes and all over the uh, when I post it on socials, um, because I want people to be aware of that. Um, education is so key. So we're going to make awareness and education uh, the primary point there. All right. So here's what we're going to do now. This is a cool part of the show. We're going to shine brightly on you. So the mm -hmm. spotlight, the shining bright light spotlight is on you and your book, Jenny. Tell people how the best way they can get a hold of you. Anything else um, that you want to share that we haven't covered and a little inspiration for us. Okay. Well, so I have uh, my website is lifesapolyp.com. I'm on all the social medias. Um, um, platforms. My handle is Lives of Pulp on every single one of them. That includes YouTube, LinkedIn. I do a lot of TikTok uh, and Facebook are the two primary um, social media things that I do there. And then I also, uh, all my all my links are on my website too. Lifesofpolyp.com. Yes. So incredible. All right. A little inspiration for us. Well, you know, I had mentioned before about community being so important. And the thing is that Community is a lot larger than we realize, um, including for FAP, not just for a disease in general, but even the FAP community. It's a lot bigger than we think it is. And that makes such a huge difference in our rare disease care, mentally and physically. And if you're having trouble finding community, reach out to me. I'm going to help you get connected because we're here. We want to help you embrace you. We don't want you to be alone. We know what that's like. We don't want anyone else to be alone. 
no isolation. Don't be alone. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you for that inspiration. You don't have to do this alone. I I, I really appreciate those words. Well, this has been uh, an amazing show with an amazing young woman that is doing amazing things. And um, <laughs> we are so glad that you're here and uh, you've chosen advocacy and, and to share your story. So this is Howard Brown and uh, the Shining Brightly podcast is just, it's growing so much. Lots of downloads, lots of listeners. And we're very appreciative of that. Uh, on my website, you can reach me at shiningbrightly.com. Uh, you can check me out for speaking gigs, uh, my advocacy work in cancer and entrepreneurship and in interfaith work. There's discussion guides to download as well. And obviously my book, Shining Brightly, uh, doing great out there. And it's uh, it's helped changing lives uh, with kindness and with hope. And um, if we choose to shine brightly just a little bit each day for ourselves, for others, for our neighborhoods, our communities, the world will become a better place. Thank you, Jenny. Loved having you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.